40 footed for Ennis. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> 10 win season, just the seventh in the history of the program. Dino Babers has delivered on his promises. It's over! It's over! The Orange have won it! Syracuse has won the national championship! This is the Seth Everett Show. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, October 21st, 2019. Do you know how cool it is to have the great Matt Park as part of our show open? Wow. That is so fun. And do you know how great it is to have that song fade out so quickly? It is so uh, you wonderful. You got to have it. You told me I don't want him singing. So you got to fade out before he starts singing. But then fade it out. Don't just close it. It's not choppy. It's not choppy at all. Just get over it. Happy Ready? Monday. Three. Three, two, one. <laughs> good morning, everybody. <laughs> now, I, I hope everybody had a good weekend. I feel like we should have done this show yesterday because locally, I was much more enthusiastic about Syracuse than I am today because now the game was Friday. It's been already two days. I'm kind of over it by now. And the NFL... You know, look, we we should do a segment this week on the fast start of the Bills, but most of the local football around here is really brutal. And then you have the Yankees on top of it. So I just thought there was like a malaise. And I thought that if we had done a show Sunday, there'd be some more anger. And today it's just kind of a malaise setting in. What do you think of that? I think people are still angry. About About the what? The Yankees? About the whole weekend. Oh, I about mean, the orange. Yeah. Well, no, like I think I think if you're a Syrac- I think a majority of people who are Syracuse football fans are New yeah. York Yankee fans. So it was kind of a double kick to the gut over the weekend. <laughs> and I, I, I think the anger festers. Well, I think Friday night left a really bad taste in everybody's mouth. And I wanted to ask a couple of things. The post-game show, people were very, very angry, and I have no issues with what they said. Um, I just think that this team really has to change expectations almost immediately, and that puts a damper on this Saturday's game. And I'm not looking ahead, and I'm not looking back. I'm just kind of doing a state-of-the-franchise kind of thing or state-of-the-program. Let's use the right vernacular. Mm -hmm. Just the idea that this program is building off of last year in maybe not in record wise but building off of last year that let's let's face reality that's not happening and this what year is a massive state step back and it is going to be incumbent on Dino and and the coaching staff and the guys who do all the recruiting and all the people involved to make sure next year's team has relevance because I don't I worry that this team won't and I'm not giving up. I'm not. I, I'm not a very dramatic. If you notice, I don't throw in the towel. I don't scream and yell. And I know. And I don't make big deals out of small deals. But Friday night, it was the same thing as NC State in that there are opportunities to win, and they didn't capitalize on them. And that to me is worse than just getting a beat down. Clemson can beat you down. But for these two sports, for these two options, I get really, really concerned. And I wanted to get your thought on it. 
I'm not worried yet. I, I mean, it seems like the reason Syracuse is losing is I don't think it's a talent level. Maybe when you get deep, when you get into the second set of players, I don't think the offensive line maybe lacks a little talent, but I don't think Syracuse is losing because of they're being out-talented by other teams. I think they're shooting themselves in the foot, and I feel like it's correctable. And I think that uh, people just got to be patient because it's a younger team. So I, I'm not ready to give up on this team, and I don't think it's a overall like next year you know is going to be the same thing. I think the players will grow, and this team will right the ship. But as far as uh, it not being fixable or anything, I, I think Syracuse is fine. The big issue is the fan base is out right now. Everybody's disappointed and down on the team. The The deal for Coach Babers and his staff is to keep recruits and the current players optimistic and thinking this is the, the right place for them to be, you know? I, I get it. I, I, I get it. Um, again, you know, the offensive line is not letting anything happen, so I don't even want to evaluate running backs because that's, right. that, that, that's phased out already. <laughs> And, and you know, this quarterback who is so, so scrutinized, I don't want to say maligned, but so scrutinized, people want to jump off this bandwagon, and I'm not doing that. I This guy was rated so highly, and you see the ability, but I think he's shell-shocked right now, and I, I think the bye week doesn't help because the bye week was more about him healing. And I just think he needs a mental cleanse day. <laughs> like he needs, he needs. Uh, um, he he is. He's. He, you can see it on his face. He looks and he doesn't know. And it's the same thing. Like he hikes the ball, and he doesn't have the ability in one point five seconds to do anything. We go through this with a basketball program all the time. Coach Beheim says it a million times a season. Kids starting their first year aren't aren't Carmelo Anthony, I guess is the way you you know Eric Dungey wasn't great his first year. Everybody's got it. You got to let it progress. You got to think of it as like a Demetrius Nichols or a Keem Warwick. Is is they get older, they get better, and that's going to happen with this this team. Syracuse last year had the older guy running the ship, and they ran won ten games. You got to be able. To be patient and realize that maybe this year we set the expectations on a young kid way too high. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think that's fair. And I, I just, like I said, where do you go from here? I guess that's the that, that's the hopelessness. We'll talk to Nate Mink in a, a couple of moments. You got to um, go for three wins. That's that's their goal now. Let's get three wins out of this schedule. So then you're six and six. Yes. That that. I mean, just be realistic. Let's get to a ball game. Get to a bowl game. It doesn't a bowl really matter. game at this point. A bowl game. And send us and, and to Birmingham. Send us to any of them. When you say us, does that mean we have to go? Yes. I don't know if I want to bur- go to Birmingham. Are you sending me to Bur- Birmingham right now? No, oh I'm sending goodness. me to Birmingham. Okay, you can go to Birmingham. I don't know if I'm going to Birmingham. <laughs> I will probably have to go to Birmingham if they go. So. <laughs> That's a good point. Send yeah, us to Birmingham. No, no, but 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 the argument is you want this football team to be busy from Thanksgiving to Christmas. Yes, they need the practices. It's abundantly right. clear. <laughs> right. They'll they'll need to be busy and the season ends in November and that's the whole argument. That's the whole issue. And, you know, I don't, you know, I didn't know that at all. Um 
I'm so sorry. Uh, but this will be the the opportunity. Um, I have a feeling, and this is this is what I wanted to say. I have a feeling that this team is going to let people down, and I am happy to say I was wrong. But I think what's happened is, if you notice the NC State game and the Pitt game, people got enthusiastic. Uh, very enthusiastic, and I didn't see it. Uh, I don't see that as possible. I didn't know that, and I, I, I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, I, I, the, the, the thing with this team, and everybody got excited and enthusiastic for those games, the, Florida State is a beatable team at this point right now still, too. Syracuse isn't that far off from everybody else that they have to play this. That that's that's the saving grace this year is the ACC is not good. It's you have a chance to beat all of these teams. I, I think Florida State still has Florida State level of talent. They just don't play like it right now. So it, it's a matter of you got to go into their place and win. But it's still a winnable game if you play your best. And can Syracuse play a whole game without stupid penalties? And, you know, maybe the offensive line finds itself somewhere between here and Tallahassee and they're able to give the quarterback time and maybe create a little running game. But we'll see. We'll see. Well, you know, we'll see. And and like I said, I I think it's nitpicky and I'm not picking on the other hosts here on the station because I I don't want it to sound like that. But I think worrying. No, no. But I think worrying about the defense is pointless. Defense has held it held its own. Yeah, it's been fine. It's been fine, and it's competitive, and that's a quality thing. So I have, you know, again, like I said, I'm not saying what time I turned it on, but I've turned on the station and I've listened live at ESPNSyracuse.com, and I've heard t- conversations about the defense, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my god, this is not important. If the defense but- was a problem, these games wouldn't be competitive. You know, they wouldn't. Syracuse wouldn't have a chance in the last minute to win these games if they didn't have the defense they have right now. Yeah, the, you know that that's that's another one of the problems. I mean, it's just it's it, it I just think it's it's paralysis by analysis. That's that's the whole issue as, as far as that is concerned. But uh the Orange will play Florida State this week. We'll have gavel to gavel coverage. And like I said, you come away with a, a road victory and all of a sudden people are like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. This team can do this. This team can do this." Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And let's see if that's possible. It's not happening. You win this game. They could be going to Birmingham. <laughs> let's let's go. <laughs> Set the goal of Birmingham right now, and then you go up from there. If yes. you win Florida State, you you've got a lot more winnable games on the on the schedule. <laughs> yep. So we've got Nate Mink coming up in just a couple of minutes, and then later on we'll get into some of the baseball. Let's let's touch on the baseball real quickly here. Uh, the Yankees lose a couple of things. Uh, first of all. I, I I don't think this was a tragic loss for the Yankees by any stretch. I think that they are a good team, but I didn't think this was a championship team. And I don't think that any team that does not have a starting pitcher for the sixth game of the American League Championship Series, and that includes the Astros, I don't think any either one of them looks like a championship team. I don't understand why Jay Happ couldn't have started that game. I don't. You can an analytic me to death because analytics have killed me for this series. 
but analytics made Chad Green the starter. A setup man. He's not even a closer. He's a setup man. And then, so Jay Happ couldn't have started that game. And then, you know, the Astros, the same thing with Brad Peacock. He starts the game, but he's out in the second inning. And for anybody who said that was a classic game, even though it was a tough loss, that was a four-hour nine-inning. That was a, that was, it was at three hours and 35 minutes through nine innings. Well, you just explained that. It was the that. top of the seventh inning. It was the top of the seventh inning at 11 o'clock. I, I, that's exhausting. When you have and that many pitching changes, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. And you, all you, you emptied out both bullpens. And the funny part is, is that you got it so that you can, you know, Aaron Boone, who follows every computer data, you know, known to man. This is, this is the typing. This is, this is all the typing. Here we go. This is the typing. That all happens. And all I'm saying is there is an argument to be made that if you can't have a fourth starter, there's a problem here. And most of the time, these situations are brought upon by necessity. When the Milwaukee Brewers do it, I'm not excusing it, but they literally don't have anybody else. And I just thought both teams had somebody, and you could have played the game like a baseball game. And yes, there was a classic moment when the Yankees tied it up when LeMayhew got that little uh, home run there, and he tied it up 4-4, and that's a very cool moment. And then when Jose Altuve, who I thought the New York Daily News was dumb calling him the tiny Astro, no, he is the third best player in the damn sport. So let's show a little respect. And he's a great player, but he did it against your best. Aroldis Chapman. And as far as Aroldis Chapman smiling, I don't think he was smiling like happy smiling. I think it was more shocked than anything else. I think he's just crazy. He had crazy eyes. Did you? Uh, here's a question. Would you have walked Altuve in that situation? I, w- I think it'd be crazy to put the, the go-ahead or the winning run on second base, but would you have walked Altuve in that situation? Yes, because of the hitter, that, and I'm sorry, his name escapes me, but because of the hitter that was up after that, yes, I would but, have walked Altuve. But, but then a single I, wins it, an error wins the game, you're yeah. going to roll the dice on that? I would roll the dice. He's the, he is, he's, he's the league MVP. I mean, he's, he's that good. So we'll continue with that. We'll get back into that in a little bit, just as, a, as, a, as an aside. Nate Mink will join us in just a moment. My name is Seth Everett. He's Paulie Sebelia. This is ESPN Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. All right, back here on ESPN Syracuse. Glad you could be with us. I know you think I'm crazy. I know you think that was a classic baseball game. Just answer me that. Satisfied no, I that. wouldn't say classic. I thought it was a fun one. It was long, but it was fun. It was, it was from fun. beginning to end. It wasn't horrible. You know what will be fun? Come to watch On the Block with Brent Axe. You know, wow. I love that show. I love that show, and that's not the person I was making fun of in segment one. Uh, he's live from Dave and Buster's at Destiny USA. I love Dave and Buster's. I am good at the hockey game. This Friday, from four to six, he'll be doing his show. Come on out, win prizes, enjoy great food. That should be a lot of fun. Can I come? Yes. Can I come? But but here's the thing. Do you guys have any hookups with tokens? I, I'm sure we could get you a, a card there. Like, I, I have a Dave & Buster's card. Can you just update it a little? Yeah. My kids used it 
the heck out of it. I'd love a Dave and Buster's coin. No, that, uh, that's a lot of fun. Catch Brent Axe out there. Nate Mink is on the line, I believe. He is. Hey, how about that? He's brought to you by Oswego County Insurance Agency. And Nate Mink joins us right here on ESPN Syracuse. Good morning, Nate. How are you? Good morning, boys. Sorry, I was a little party. I was about to submit my, uh, well, I submitted it yesterday, but uh, I was about to make public my AP ballot for the week. But you guys are more important than people don't need to see my my ballot for another 15, 20 minutes or so. Your AP ballot. Yeah. How come Clemson keeps falling even though they're winning? They're not falling in my ballot. And but, that, but you saw that, right? Too. Like last week yeah. they went down oh, yeah. one. This week they're going down one. It, it is. Li- I, this is literally not why we're having you on. But isn't that weird that he, that Clemson keeps falling? Look, if they lose, you could drop them to twenty five. I don't care. I have no love for Clemson. But they won convincingly last week, and they dropped the spot. Ohio State passed them. Absolutely, I'm in a hundred percent agreement with you. I think voters are seeing you know the ACC's down, and Clemson hasn't looked particularly uh, dominant the way many expected them. But you know, the team that they have, number one, Alabama, didn't look thoroughly dominant against a pretty bad Tennessee team, and Alabama just lost its starting quarterback to an ankle sprain. So, a uh, little little confusion there on why Clemson is getting bumped down, but Alabama is, is holding steady. I don't I don't get that. Tell me some tell tell me something good. Um, tell me something about Tommy DeVito. Tell me he's physically better. Tell me he is that shoulder to shoulder hit in the third quarter hasn't done him for the season. Tell me he's not shell shocked because his pupils look really big when they do close ups on him on TV. Just tell me something good about Tommy DeVito. I don't think uh, what we saw. Saturday, Friday night, excuse me, was a, was a season-ending injury. Uh, so I think it's a matter of him. And Dino kind of suggested this after the game. It was it was a, it was a good shot. It was a good hit, and enough was enough. He knew that continuing to throw him out there behind that offensive line, the way they were playing against a really good defensive front, was uh, you know it wasn't a gamble so much as it was a certainty that he was going to get hit again and again and again. And at some point, you really just have to look out for. For your starting quarterback and 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 save him for you know the, the last month of the season and you know I, I think it's going to be a pain tolerance thing the rest of the way I really do I think you know he'll he'll spend a lot of a lot of the week just getting physically right uh, getting treatment and and it's all about get to Saturday and feel good feel as best as you can for Saturday but once the live bullets start flying on Saturday at Florida State and and really every other game the rest of the year it. It's really you're you're kind of holding your breath, or you're at least preparing for the possibility that one wrong shot, and you're going to wind up in the same position you were Friday night, where you have to turn to to Clayton Welch to to, to try to run the offense. Well, and, and that's the other thing we don't know much about Clayton Welch. And we're talking with Nate Mank from Syracuse.com and the Post Standard. We and not because you know he's he's some kind of mystery. It's more like I remember talking to you about him in the beginning. Do you remember like one of the first segments we did together and we said, what's plan B for Tommy DeVito? And it was like, put bu- Tommy DeVito in bubble wrap so that he doesn't get hurt because the plan B is not really a B. It's more like a C or a D. Has that stance changed? And I'm not putting words in your mouth. We kind of collectively said that together. 
No, no, I, I agree. I didn't. I didn't, back back in the preseason, I didn't think there was a, a lot of a, a lot of good options behind Tommy. And and hey, listen, you know, you, you have the roster you have, and you got to do make do with, with what you got. You know, Clayton, you know, did some things against Pitt. Now the caveat there is. I don't think Pitt expected to see that kid play at all. Um, and so they had really no clue about what his skill set was. I think to Clayton's credit uh, and the coaching staff's credit, they had worked uh, in practice the previous week, previous week to get him some packages, and we saw some of those rolled out even before Tommy's injury where he was introduced as a little bit more of a running threat, and that would maybe create a little bit of uh, diversity on your offense and get your running game at least, at least the threat of the running game uh, presented to Pittsburgh to have them maybe play you a certain way and get you a different look that you hopefully can capitalize on. But, but now it's it's kind of you know you have a game's worth of tape. You now, if you're Florida State and BC and every other opponent, you at least have an idea that that Welch is a guy that you know can improvise behind that offensive line and, and is a guy that will not be shy about taking off. And, and now that may trigger the defenses to, to play him a certain way. And, and then it really becomes down to Clayton really settling in and, and reading the defense and doing all the pre and post snap adjustments and, and things like that. And, and I think that's where you're going to see, again, uh, kind of a stark difference between DeVito and Welch. I mean, there's a reason uh, the quarterbacks were – Divvied up one, two, three on the depth chart, and it's because you know Devito was was more advanced than Clayton, and you know at this point I think you know the plan. It wouldn't surprise me. The plan is to continue to play Devito as much as you can, uh, but but continue to work Clayton in the event that he's going to have to see more time, you know, on the back half of the season. The Orange committed nine penalties. The offensive line allowed nine sacks. And the quote from Babers, and we heard it on the postgame show, and I kind of looked at James Mungro at the same time and said, really? He says, right now, everybody's job is in jeopardy. We need to go back and watch tape. It's not fair to keep playing the same guys if the result doesn't change. And so I'll say to you, I wouldn't say this to him, really? Uh, it, it re- tell me there's enough... Tell me he's going to make drastic changes on that offensive line because if he if he did, why would he wait till now? He would have done this three if he had viable options and he watches practice and he's no dummy. If he had viable options, he'd have put those guys in three weeks ago. I I subscribe to that idea a little bit. I think I think you're right. I think again, you look at the the collective body of work. You know, he's been watching these guys since the spring and, and, you know, obviously the graduate transfer came in in the summer. So he's seen him practice since August. I mean, he has a pretty good idea of his personnel right now. Um, and so I think, I think what he said, it was, was, was tactical messaging to some degree. I think it's like, all right, guys, <laughs> uh, it's now or never like get your act together. The guys who are out there, I'm talking about the starting five that we've seen really since the second game of the season. Um, and I think, I think it's a, a tactic to try to, to, to light them up a little bit and, and, you know, really try to have them focus in and, and perform better. I mean, I mean, I think, there's, I don't think the options are plentiful. I think if there are going to be changes, I think you're really looking at one to three guys that uh, are going to maybe get a little bit of a, of a longer look in practice this week. Pat Davis, I think, can do some things. Matt Bergeron is a true freshman uh, who looks physically, you know, and has been out there on, on PAT and, and field goal units and has 
subbed in and, and when they've gone heavy and, and really have tried to, to run the ball with authority. Um, and then the other guy would be uh, Darius Tisdell, the other JUCO transfer that they brought in along with uh, Alexander this this uh, this offseason. Outside of that, though, I I don't I don't think they have a lot of options, and and I think. You know, it's it's a really tough ask to be making wholesale lineup changes in game eight on the road at Florida State. I mean, that's just a very, very tough environment to start tinkering with lineups and expect uh, one of your major issues, which has been communication, to get better when you're, when you're, going, down, when you're going down in Tallahassee and, and playing in the road. Last question, uh, ten, ten and a half point underdog uh, as of this morning, last time I checked it, uh, for the Florida State game, this has a chance to get ugly. And Syracuse has already had a couple of really ugly losses already. And I don't call the last two weeks really ugly losses because there was a chance to win them in the fourth quarter. But, you know, it harkens back to Clemson and Maryland. And at Florida State, this could be more of the same or – would you be surprised if this team all of a sudden has some fight in them and yeah, maybe they don't win the game, but they take a punch and they give a punch right back. You know, the last two losses have been one score games. So, I mean, they're not, they're not getting blown out here. I mean, it obviously doesn't look great at all on the offensive side of the ball, but you know, these, these have been fourth quarter games and you know, Saturday it's a tough environment. Uh, Florida state, really has outstanding personnel in, in most cases, but things aren't exactly rosy down in Tallahassee these days either. I mean, this is a Florida State team that's three and four. They expected to see a big jump in improvement uh, under Willie Taggart in year two. Uh, their offensive line, which, you know, it, it's almost like a, a equatable to how Syracuse is this year. I mean, they were, they were god-awful a year ago. They have gotten better, but they're by no means, uh, you know, Ohio State or Alabama this year. I mean, they still have their struggles. So they've, they've been a disappointment, too. So, you know, we can, we can talk about how maybe Syracuse the last couple of weeks have really deflated the entire balloon. I mean, the team they're going into this weekend is, is doing a lot of soul-searching down there and, and maybe in worst cases, you know, starting to worry about job security. I mean, it's just different level of expectations down there. And, and uh, you know, if that, if that snowball continues to roll downhill at the rate it's going, uh, you know, they have, some, they have some boosters with deep pockets who, you know, will not be afraid to, to make their voices heard about making a change down there. Final minutes with Nate Mink. I know I said it was going to be our last uh, question, but I, I forgot one thing that we should have done in the beginning of this segment, and so this is kind of a make good. How did I not open this segment and not talk about the, the, fumble, the fumble that was reversed? It looked like, and you know ESPN has more cameras than anybody, there was no clear evidence of one way or the other, that if you were going to overturn it, I'm not going to fight you on that. What I'm saying is, how did they think to overturn it when there was no camera angle that would show that? That's the, that's the baffling thing, because you need indisputable video evidence to overturn the call on the field. And if my memory is right, the call on the field was that it was a fumble in Syracuse's possession. So not sure what the communication was with the, the ACC uh, replay official and the on-field officiating crew in Syracuse, but uh, we are without explanation. The, the conference office never says anything about officiating. The coach, uh, head coach, 
rarely says anything about officiating unless you're Lane Kiffin and you, you tweet out sort of uh, uh, subtle hints on Twitter about blind referees. But but yeah, I did not see this this uh, supposed other replay angle that clearly showed the ball coming out um, for whatever reason. I, I think it was an in-house camera angle that. SU's multi-talented video team was able to to produce, yeah, uh, yeah. but they have not. Matt Higgins not was released. the only they, person that saw it, right? And they, they they didn't they didn't they're not releasing it publicly, uh, and I think that may be because they don't want to uh, uh, make the conference office look worse. I think they might be trying to maybe just uh, taking one for the for the league there, but baffling that they that they would overturn a call uh, without that indisputable video evidence. But as you say, like I said, I didn't I didn't see the TV replays. But right, I take exactly. your word for it. You're an honest. No, you're an honest guy. No, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm I, I tell the truth. I'm quite transparent. Nate, great job as always. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Enjoy Tallahassee. Very good. Thanks, guys. That is Nate Mink, brought to you by Oswego County Insurance Agency. We will break that all down. Paulie's got a lot of things he wants to say. He's I chomping do. at the bit. Paulie wants to talk next on ESPN <laughs> Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. Hey, on October 26th, the World of Beer presents Hollow Hops Brewfest in the shadows of the canyon at Destiny USA. With over 100 craft beers for more than 50 breweries, it's a brewfest with a Halloween twist. I'll be dressed as Gumby. Uh, come Does that dressed mean I have to be as pokey? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> come dressed up for a costume contest. I will win. Uh, Haunted Games live actors from Frightmare Farms and Museum of Intrigue, Halloween movies, and more. General admission VIP tickets available now for the two Brewfest sessions at hollowhops.com or buy in person at Branching Out Bottle Shop in Camillus. Love Camillus. Speaking yes. of Camillus, it's yes. a big night in Camillus tonight. What's the big... Oh, that's the right. The first Jerry McNamara show is tonight. Dun, dun, dun. At the Wildcat Pizza Pub. Uh, Wildcat Seth Pizza Pub? Buckshot nice. Goldberg will be out there hosting with Jerry McNamara so you get Seth's autograph. Did you uh, Did you produce the open? I did. Did you get Cutler to hmm. read one line with Buckshot in it? No. Ah, oh, you stink. Did he get paid by the word? Who? Uh, cut the big Cutler? voice guy? The big voice By the guy? page, he gets paid. Oh, you could have squeezed in a, now let's go to li- live to the pizza pub with Buckshot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that had been my favorite moment. <laughs> That's seven to eight tonight, Wildcat Pizza Pub, Camillus. Jerry McNamara. to that. Uh, you can win a basketball, basketball tickets. You can play Papa Shot with Jerry if your kid comes out. So it'll be fun. Wait, if your kid comes out, but if you just you're, you're, we you're don't a grown want man or woman, playing, no. <laughs> if you're a grown man or woman, you come in. Hey, I mm. got you. <laughs> By the way, a kid. I I saw Jerry beat a kid in that game oh, really? badly because the kid was talking trash to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Hey, this segment of the show brought to you by Rapid Bill Rap's Rapid Purchase. Enjoy the entire car buying process from your laptop, mobile device, or tablet at BillRap.com. Uh, you were chomping at the bit at the end of that Nate Mink interview. What did you want to say? No, uh, uh, that, that no? fumble recall, the replay, I'm so confused by it because they did go against norms in that situation. Which you can't overturn it unless you got evidence. But without an explanation from the ACC or the officials on that, it's pretty weak. It's hard 
to say that they did do it wrong because you don't know if they had a reason to do it, right? I feel like the ref should crack his mic and tell us when they do the overturning exactly why it was overturned. You would think. You would think you would think they would. I mean they, they, they absolutely should. And I just thought what it was was very inconclusive. And again, it has to be conclusive to overturn. That's how I don't understand overturning. Yeah, but see, because this is the thing where we're we're not professionals. Like we we don't watch those. So Wait a second, do I get internship credits for this? We're not professional. We're, professionals. Re- we're not professional replay watchers. You know, oh, we're okay. not replay officials. Ah, okay. So we don't know what they saw, and they should tell us right. what they saw. They tell us what they saw, and then they'll take care of it. Uh, by the way, because when, when MLB when MLB launched the replay central office mm-hmm. in New York. Where, you know, all replays go through a central office and they and it, the, the office, it was being constructed. But at the time, there was just one phone that they would answer. So, like, if a, if there's a play at second base and, you know, and the, now, now they want to challenge it, the phone would ring. I wanted them to get a red phone that flashed and I want to answer the phone. Yes, Commissioner. <laughs> like Batman, <laughs> like Adam West, Batman. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing: they, the ACC needs to realize that their their product is on TV, and when that ref right. cracks that mic, it goes to television, and the people watching television have seen six replays of that a million times in slow motion, and they're not seeing what they're seeing, and they we, we deserve right. an explanation. Right, it's a disservice, and it makes the the conference look really, really bad. And again, if there were seventeen other reasons why Syracuse could have won that game, that's it, it's not like they played this flawless game and then they had the the jaws of victory stolen from them. They, you know, the, the nine sacks. That's all. Nine penalties, nine sacks. That's all. That's all you need you need to know. Uh, here was a question that came up on the post game show. You ready? Yep. At, this was asked to James Mungro. We are not going to replay his answer. Okay. Ticked a lot of people off. Um, after tonight's performance, how can Syracuse fans remain upbeat or slash positive and not simply wonder if last season was a fluke? The, last season, it may have been a fluke, but we, we don't know that yet. You know, you, you, you shouldn't not be upbeat and let the, the games. Like I, I'm not that type of fan. I guess is the way I would word it. I don't okay. get down on a program because of this. But if what you saw last year was a fluke, it was you know, I think the program overall is better. You know, okay. If that makes sense, you've you've got to you got to be realistic in what you are. Syracuse football was bad for a very for long, a long time. time. And the cupboard was not exactly full when Dino Babers took over, and he just had his good older players graduate, and he's in the process of building depth still. It, and that's what's really killing Syracuse issue is their offensive line is terrible, and they've got nobody to put in in the to to replace the bad players right now. You not know, in the and then there's an injury. And that hurts. And then your quarterback, you don't have anybody backing up the quarterback. So just give it time. I, I don't think there's any reason to be jumping off the boat uh, after a 10-win season the year before and thinking that it was a one-time thing. Now, if you come back to me in three years and they're not winning, then you got a serious problem on your hands. Right. There has to be – there has to be – I just don't – There's I growing pains. I, right. 
And this is clearly one of them, and we knew there'd be a drop-off, but we didn't think it would be this dramatic. And both those games are incredibly frustrating when it comes to... It's not that dramatic fandom. yet, because I still think this team can turn it around, but they might not. It's not that dramatic yet. Wait till the final... Wait till the final record is there before you start making your judgments. Okay. All right. Uh, No judgments here. We are a judgment-free zone. This is ESPN Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. All right. Back here on ESPN Syracuse. Don't forget, Centers of Attention comes up at the top of the hour. It's a better show. How dare you? How dare I? You can't go there. That's a, that's not right. 315-437-7644 is the phone number. Adam wants to chime in before we uh, call it a show. What's going on, Adam? Hey, not much. First-time caller. Hey, so I'm an Arizona Cardinal fan. Vincent Plummer, when they played at Arizona State University. Okay. I was I, at that I, game I, yesterday. I, it was cold. <laughs> I became an SU fan when I came out here, and... To be a Syracuse fan, I, I found it's just like being a Cardinal fan. I don't care if the year is a fluke. Every year, I hope for some kind of miracle season where we look good. And if this year is going to tank, since we're three and four now, it, it doesn't matter. It's always about what I hope is going to happen next year. Because we always well, seem look, to fall apart somehow. It's it's good to have optimism, and I, I agree. Big picture, I'm not panicking about a 3-4 and four start, and I appreciate the call, Adam, and we, you, feel free to call back any time. I, I think the big key, Paulie, is based on last year, the expectations were so high, and we weren't even saying, oh, it's going to get worse. Like We, weren't, we knew it was going to be not as good as 10 wins last year. It just... I'm telling you, those two games, the, the, the NC State and Pittsburgh, are so frustrating because they were so winnable. Yeah, and, and the good news is all the rest of the games on the schedule are winnable, and I said this before, cut back on penalties and mistakes, get the offensive line a little cohesive, and, and it's fixed. I think they win games. Well, yeah. I mean, if if they could do that, I mean, again, um, I, that, that, and that's the other thing about it. You know, when we talk about uh, the offensive line and shuffling things, and Babers made that comment, and I kind of looked at Mungro and I said, if if he had other options, he'd have gone to him already. He doesn't have other options. These are the guys that he has, and let's just hope for the best, and let's hope uh, this Florida State game could get uglier. We will talk about it much, much more in depth tomorrow at 10 right here on ESPN Syracuse.